0: Oh, she doesn't listen to this. Well, you don't
1: know that. We're actually very (laughs) successful. (laughs) Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and Robert. I'm Jay.
2: And I'm Robert. One More Thing is a podcast celebrating LGBTQ plus pop culture. That's not. That's not it. That's not the line.
1: (laughs) Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and Robert. I'm Jay.
2: And I'm Robert. Welcome to One More Thing. Nope. That's not not it. Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and Robert. I'm Robert. And I'm Jay. Ooh, that (laughs) That sounds sounds weird. weird. Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and Robert. I'm I'm... (laughs) nope. Welcome to One More Thing with Jay and
1: Robert. I'm Jay. And I'm Robert. One More Thing is a podcast celebrating pop culture through an LGBTQ plus lens. Did it. Okay. <laughs> our season three finale. We made it through my computer just completely crashing a thousand times and being almost completely non-functional.
2: But we're here. I feel like in every season there's always at least one or two episodes that we talk about our dating life. But we negative is not the right word on how we talk about dating and our dating lives. But um, we're definitely still single and so we're definitely always talking about it from that perspective.
1: Yeah. As we mentioned in the advice episode, neither of us has been in a relationship.
2: And been friends. In
1: like a real relationship during our friendship. Both of us have like had people in our lives. We've had
2: flings. But
1: it's never been serious.
2: Yeah, my Facebook status has been single this whole time. I think I right now am the singlest I've ever been while making this podcast.
1: The singlest sounds like the name of a podcast about dating. So copyright 2018, <laughs> one productions.
2: Are you? Since we've started the podcast?
1: Well, I've been in a state for all of 2018, really, where I just haven't been like involved with anyone at all right not that I can remember the last date I oh no that's not true I went on a date in 2018 and I went on one date in 2017 I'm realizing while we've done the podcast I've never been actively like with someone because I haven't been actively with someone since the end of 2016
2: do you think that I just take up all of that time that the ladies would take
1: no I don't think so because I've been like well I guess I have (laughs) like I've only been like with I think two people in the time we've been friends Mm -hmm. you didn't meet them
2: who are they (laughs) Oh, yeah, the two.
1: Yeah, and both times you didn't meet them and they weren't, like, a part of our friendship. Which While is how you were we, dating. Right. You, or, like,
2: you were seeing two, each yeah. other. But
1: you have met both of them since.
2: I've seen one of the back of their heads.
1: Same, just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if we have anything in common, I think we have one thing in common. we have a lot in common, but okay. Right, but, like, number one on the list okay. is that we both go to our moms for literally everything. Oh, that's
1: a really good segue.
2: I know for a fact that you and your mom talk once, if not more than that, a day. And my mom and I will talk, I'd say, maybe three or four times a week.
1: What we haven't mentioned yet is that this episode is about dating. Yeah. It's going to be segment-y. Our first segment is we decided that we would interview our moms about our dating history. Yeah. So here is a little bit of an interview spliced together of us interviewing our moms. Do you remember Robert's first crush?
3: You know, I thought about that one and I don't.
1: do you remember Jay's first crush?
3: So first of all, I think it's safe to assume she never told me who her first crush was, because right. she's like that. Robert didn't come
4: out for a little while. Like, I think he kind of knew, but didn't know how to come out to us, so it was kind of a
3: gradual thing. I do remember a multi-year fascination with Derek Huff on Dancing with the Stars.
4: And he had a couple girlfriends that, you know, he hung out with and went to prom with and stuff, yeah. but his first male crush, I'm not sh- I think I do but I don't want to speak out of turn on it.
3: She used to regularly refer to people as your future son-in-law or your future Mm daughter-in-law, and then on my end, it's your future stepdaddy or your future stepmommy. He
4: came out first and then started talking to me about it. I do think that there was somebody. I'm just not sure if it was just, you know they were friends or if it was really a crush that he had on him like I'm not sure that's what I mean but I don't want to speak out of turn for him
3: you know we hunt women we go deep
1: do you and Robert ever talk about his dating
2: life do you ever talk to Jay about Jay's dating life
3: we do we do never
4: When he had his first boyfriend that he came out with, me and Robert used to talk all the time about him, and we still occasionally do talk about him.
3: Jane just chooses not to share.
4: Yeah, I kind of ask him what's going on in his life, and,
3: you know, there's some things he chooses to tell me and some things he doesn't. The first time she ever told me anything about a boy liking her, I way overreacted. I think that's probably, you know how she is, rules are rules. So from that moment, that was my last chance ever to hear about her romantic life. I mean, I don't think he's
4: afraid to talk to me about anything, at least I hope he's not.
3: We do talk about her imaginary dating life. Well, her celebrity crushes. Carrie Brownstein is a perennial favorite. I think Marissa Tomei is usually way up there. Those are probably the the two evergreen ones. They kinda, it kind of comes and goes depending to- depending on who's in what movie. I think Margot Robbie is probably permanently in the top three as well.
1: What was the experience like when Robert brought someone home for the first time?
3: It was interesting because even even when
4: he did bring him home, it wasn't, this is my boyfriend type of thing. Like, he's never brought anybody home from that. Now, I knew, my husband's not really a fan, but our house also wasn't, we had dogs weren't very friendly to people so it wasn't some place that my kids always had somebody
3: coming over.
2: What are some rom-coms that you and Jay used to watch together?
3: Oh obviously Legally Blonde I think that probably goes without saying The Holiday anything with Sandra Bullock in it Jay got hooked with Miss Congeniality but she also totally loves Julia Roberts when Jay was in uh, second grade she wrote a book based on the idea (laughs) that Julia Roberts is actually Tigger it just kind of Goes to show you that she had her conspiracy theories down even at a very young age.
2: How would you say those rom-coms affected Jay's dating life today?
3: Well, she certainly does love the cute. That's for
1: sure. Would you say that the relationships Robert saw growing up affected his dating life today?
3: so. Just the idea that oh my god my crush looked at me from across the grocery <laughs> store. She's she's very into that when will we notice each other kind of thing. I mean me and my husband have been together since we were in junior high and we're two totally different people. You know she loves figuring out the formula for something and so she has the the formula for every rom com down pat. I,
4: at least I hope that all of my children have learned you know that you you do have to compromise a lot and and it is hard work. And- I hope it's kind of pushed him to what to look for in somebody and what not to look for. So I think she
3: early on figured out, you know, aha, this is how this is how a rom-com works, where there's going to be this thing's going to happen and then that thing's going to happen and then. Boy loses girl and then boy gets girl back and uh, and then somebody runs through an airport.
5: What was
1: your first date like with your husband?
3: Oh my God, I don't even remember. <laughs> it was like seventh grade. So,
4: you know, going to get ice cream with his dad driving. and
1: So it was like very small town? Yes. So do you ever worry about Robert being in a big city like New York and that affecting his dating prospects?
4: I think he's in the perfect place to try and meet somebody. I mean, yeah, New York's big, but it's also one of those places where you can be around so many people but still be alone but I think there's a lot more opportunities for him to meet somebody in New York than there would be like say around here I, I think he's in the perfect environment hopefully Robert will find somebody that works with him and that he'll be able to uh, get along with and somebody that will bring him out you know help him to venture out of his uh, shell sort of speak
3: Well, it we would need to be somebody who is very smart and very strong so that they can keep up with her and match her. I don't think she would want to have to be always taking care of stuff because the other person wasn't super smart and super capable. She kind of wants people to carry their own weight. It would also need to be somebody who doesn't do any kind of game playing. You know, if Jay says... Hey, is it okay if I go out with the boys on Thursday night? And her partner says, yes, Jay is going to go. You would not interpret yes as I should ask you six more times to find out that really you mean no. She definitely needs to be with someone who's really got their act together and is not put off by Jay's strength and just complete lack of patience for engaging in any kind of social gamesmanship and it would have to be somebody who reads they read so much that she would definitely need to be with a reader she is so good at matching people to books she's also a super super good gift giver because she just really gets what would be the perfect thing and she's creative about it so her partner would probably get really excellent gifts
2: do you have any dating tips for our listeners
3: truth yeah. truth is the most important thing the first little lie you tell you're sunk. and the first lie
6: they tell you that's as big a red flag as you ever need to have mom mm-hmm. do you ever wish you could go back like to another time I wouldn't mind giving back some of these wrinkles. i okay, um, if you were given one do-over, anything in your life, what would it be?
0: <laughs> Nothing. Really? Really.
6: But did you ever make a big mistake, a huge one that could change your life? What about that? Well, Jenna, I know I made a lot of mistakes, but I don't regret making any of them. How come?
5: Because if I hadn't have made them, I wouldn't have learned how to make things right.
2: In that conversation, listening back to it, we kind of had a larger conversation that both of our parents come from different generations and dating has, I'm just going to say,
1: changed. Your mom met your dad, as she said in the interview, when she was in seventh grade. Yeah. And my mom met my dad in college and they were together for 20 years. They are not currently together.
2: My parents met in seventh grade and have been together since seventh grade. I mean, they've broken up like one or two times over the course of the 100 years in between that because my parents are, you know, two
1: hundred Right. But <laughs> so that's something we didn't mention in the interview, actually, is that we spoke to Robert's mom from the top of a mountain <laughs> in a cave sitting on a rock. I think it's just so different. And also, both of our moms are straight. I don't know that my mom would have the best advice. Not that my mom is in any way like homophobic. She's like very much the opposite, but she just like doesn't have any practical experience dating women or on dating apps, you know?
2: Oh, interesting. Maybe that's why I don't go to mine. My mom, love her to death. She's not homophobic, but like she doesn't have experience in anything homosexual. Like I think I'm her first gay friend. This is not knowing yet the true answer, but like I grew up with no gay people in my life. So and then Also, my parents have been dating since such a young age that, like, the honeymoon phase was over before eighth grade. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've always maybe just equated them to like not even being a person i can go to for that
1: well they also probably don't have experience dating really
2: yeah because they
1: only ever dated each other did they date other people on breaks
2: um i don't know many stories about my dad but i know my mom has seen other people in high school i think they broke up for a while i don't know for how long they were separated though but like i doubt they were like dating people all the time in sixth and fifth grade right (laughs) oh my god (laughs) can you imagine a situation where you would ever go to your mom for dating advice
1: yeah i mean i think if i i mean i've never been in like a serious long-term relationship but i think if i were in a relationship that were serious enough that i was going to introduce that person to my mom and like talk to my mom about that person i would probably then go to her for advice about them all the time honestly i think i just don't talk to her about it because i'm like it's a lot of effort for someone i'm like probably not gonna continue to spend time with Mm
2: -hmm. i probably won't until it's like like marriage talk or right. like kid talk. Yeah. Do you know what something I think is interesting is we never go to each other for dating advice
1: that's true I don't really talk to anyone for dating advice
2: I mean I always think that you're too busy and could care less about that's my not dating true. life that's true
1: I love <laughs> hearing about other people's lives
2: well you're always working on like 11 projects that's true and I always have like at least a new interest that's about true. once a month if not more frequently actually who do I go to
1: I was just thinking I don't think either of us really talks to anyone about relationship advice like my three closest friends in the world who I talk to about everything I don't talk to you guys about like my romantic life like I never yeah I feel like
2: I always end up finding out like a month after
1: yeah I'll be like oh yeah and so then this person I was hooking up with a while ago and everyone's like what you literally never mentioned that and I'm like oh yeah it's over now and they're like what you wh- what are you talking about the only times I ever tell people about things are either like way later when it just comes up in conversation or if it gets serious which it never really has
2: mm-hmm. and I realized while you were saying that I only talk to people about my romantic life if they're there to witness it
1: Mm -hmm. like
2: the whole thing with i only talked about with the people that were there when we met because i'm like i only tell people that i think will care
1: yeah (laughs) it's so low a priority for me yeah like i'm more interested in being like oh my god this like really frustrating thing is happening with this project i'm working on as opposed to being like like i hooked up with someone last night because i'm like that isn't that in the grand scheme of things to me doesn't matter as much as like my work also i feel like i'm also just an intensely private person yeah. And I, like, never talk to anyone about anything.
2: Well, you – something I admire about you, this is not a read, is no. that you – you don't like to burden anybody. That's true. With anything. Unless they deserve to know that it's a burden. Right.
7: Why can't you find someone single? When I was single, I knew
6: lots of nice single men. There must be someone. Sally found someone. Well, Sally got the last good one. Joe and I broke up. What? When? Monday. You waited three days to tell us? And Joe's
8: available?
6: For God's sakes, Marie, don't you have any feelings about this? She's obviously upset. I'm not that upset. We've been growing apart for quite a while. God, you're in such great shape.
4: Well, I've had a few days to get used to it, and uh, I feel okay.
3: Good. Then you're ready. Really, Marie? Well, how else do you think you'd do it? I've got the perfect guy. I don't happen to find him attractive, but you might. She doesn't have a problem with chins.
1: So I'm here with my friend, Shelby, who we've known each other since we were 12. Probably. Jesus. Whoa.
9: Um. the good old days. Honestly. definitely <laughs> available footage of us performing together.
1: That is correct. Wow. Um, <laughs> insert clip here. <laughs> oh <my> God, no. <laughs> of us as children singing. So first, just introduce yourselves.
9: All right, my name is Shelby, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am an educator in New York. Uh,
0: my name is Ever. My pronouns are he, him. Him. And his. And his. <laughs> and I am a slightly less talented educator in New York.
1: <laughs> Aww. He's very woke. <laughs> yeah, look at you, Ever. Very impressive. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. How long have you been together? Almost two years.
0: Yeah. A year and 11 months. 10 months. 10
1: months very (laughs) specific, and you lived together right
9: yes for a a little over a year wow yeah we moved
1: in in fast tell me about like how you met each other and began dating sure
0: this is a fun story
9: so we were both working for what i will call a very prominent charter school network that we no longer work for (laughs) and we were both hired to be basically to be fast-tracked to become head teachers even though neither of us had teaching experience (laughs) and we met on the second day of that training at a happy hour. And we started talking, and we were friends for two months, and um, then... Oh, it's the best kind of Then story. what did you do, honey?
0: This is really cute. Oh, so, I had just come out of a much longer relationship. So I was, like, very cautious about pursuing another relationship. So mm-hmm. Shelby would text message me things, and be like, Hey, let's hang out, let's hang out. I would blow him off repeatedly, because <laughs> I was too scared. And I would, like, I'm a workaholic, so I, I was like, Oh, if I dive into this work, I won't be such a bad teacher. That's not true. And then one prominent point they were in chicago and they were having a rough time and they texted me i wish you were here Aww. and i left them on red i still had read receipts
9: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i know he's so mean and then i
0: spent the next like two months just like when you're really stressing your job and don't feel successful you like just go out to friday happy hours a lot so i'd like order i kid you not 40 rounds of tequila shots for the table oh and i'd leave at midnight and text them I miss you. Let's hang out. Oh. And then just be silent for another week.
1: Oh, you're so rude. is <laughs> really sorry
9: about how I clearly have no self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, allowed him to continue doing that. And then eventually, like, the long and short of it is basically I heard that he was asking me on a date through a mutual friend <laughs> of ours who came up to me at my school. He was working at a different school, but for the same company. Oh, okay. And she said, hey, I heard that you and Ever are going on a date. <gasps> And I was like, oh we are? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, I hadn't seen him in the flesh in, like, two months because he'd been ignoring me. But I guess he had told this woman's fiancé, who he worked with, that he was finally going to bite the bullet and ask me out. And then we started dating that October and... October 9th. Our... No. 10th.
0: <laughs> 10th. Whoops. It was 9th <laughs> me. To be oh, right. Then I blew you off on my <laughs> Then he huh? blew me
9: off on list. For good measure. <laughs> Yeah, and we've been together ever since. Oh, that is a nice story.
1: Is it? Yeah. (laughs) It's a story. It's a exciting story. It's a will they, won't they? It really is a will they, won't they? It's like a rom com. So before you met each other, how many first dates had you ever been on?
0: Whoa, whoa, Whoa. (laughs) one. Really? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Whoa.
0: Okay. Can't you tell them that at the court?
9: I've probably been on like four or five, but none of them like turned into anything. Sure. They were all sort of like, not all of them, but most of them were of the like, sort of like with me and ever like we're friends, but like Shelby secretly wants something more. <laughs> thanks, guys. Uh, also, thanks, guys. Do
1: you identify as non-binary? Yeah, great. Were you already out when you guys met?
9: No. I'm <gasps>
1: Yeah, so we got some good content. I'm a journalist. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we'd
9: been dating for, like, almost exactly a year. Wow, okay. We had already lived together for about three or four months. And, like, I mean, I think a lot of non-binary people feel this way, if I could speak for the crowd. But it's sort of like... It's like I'd always kind of known that something was off, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And then... I think it's kind of, like, a lot of things happening at once. Like, a couple of my friends came out as non-binary, so, like, then I became more aware of, like, the language and the community. And at first I was not certain like how I could have that same identity because I don't I'm like pretty like straight passing as Mm -hmm. it were like or cis passing I don't think a lot of people like look at me at first glance and are like that's a queer person but (laughs) the folks I know who do identify as non-binary are like pretty vocal about it or the friends that I had you know when I came to this realization myself and so I don't know I was in a a graduate school class and we were talking about like teaching trans kids and and sort of like what their development experiences were how it changed through sort of based on their gender identity and we were going through all these terms like oh genderqueer and genderfluid and non-binary and I was doing more reading into it to like make sure and <laughs> sort of like a funny thing now because those labels mean so many different things but mm-hmm. I think like at my core like I really wanted to figure out like is it possible that I am one of these things Like, could Uh I claim one of these labels? Because, like, never quite felt like a girl. Like, there was a point, like, where I was like, well, maybe I'm a lesbian, which, like... (laughs) Like, I probably am, but I couldn't figure out what wasn't sticking mm-hmm. with me as far as my identity went. And then, like, the more reading I did and the more sort of, like, sources I sought out, the more I realized, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm allowed to call myself non-binary. Like, no one actually gets to decide that except me. That all came later, but I came out to Everly like, pretty soon after I had come to that sort of conclusion myself, I think. It was, like, literally, like, that day.
0: Yeah. You were just, like, <laughs> um, on the couch.
9: I was, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm, I think at that point I said genderqueer. Now I don't really refer to myself as that, but I remember him saying something like, cause I thought he was going to leave. I mean, not cause I <laughs> think that he's a bigot, but because like, that's not exactly what he signed up for when we started dating, you know, cause I was very much like presenting as like a cis woman. I think he said something to the effect of like, no, I get it. Like sometimes you're like really feminine and then like other times you're just like one of the guys. Like, I, that's what I like about you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, it's a little more... Shades of Grey but That's so sweet, sweet. Yeah. Good job I'm very supportive I'm, I'm really lucky You really are very woke It yeah. requires
0: ze- Like very little effort On my part Yeah To like accept them So I'm like Oh yeah sure This is fine
9: <laughs> Which is just So
0: flattering <laughs> Yeah if This is A modicum difficult Yeah
1: <laughs> We already signed a lease Yeah so.
0: so I was like Oh well Eight months Yeah sure
1: Yeah So Ever You identify as straight Right? Yeah So does Shelly Being non-binary Influence that at all For you?
0: Yeah <laughs> Um,
1: Again, I'm a journalist. (laughs) I
0: wouldn't say so. Oh, yeah, now that i thought about it, definitely not. Like, actually, I'll be like, if I'm dating a non-binary person, does that, like, alter my identity? Like, it doesn't have to. Like, just because you're in this relationship doesn't mean you automatically, like, have to change the way you view yourself. So yeah, I'd say no.
1: That's great. Pretty
0: straight, yeah. Yeah.
1: Great job. <laughs> yep. As like a straight passing couple, just to expose you for a moment, you post a lot on Instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> about yes, being I do. about being like a cis passing person. Yeah. So if I just met you on the street mm-hmm. and I didn't know you, I would probably be like, oh yeah, that's like a cis straight couple. Yeah. Um, does that ever cause some sort of like? any sort any sort of like well it can be like invalidating I'm
9: trying to think about it too because I I do think about this a lot and I think like I'm not trying to make an effort to look like more queer per se Mm -hmm. really like sometimes I wear a chest binder but like you probably wouldn't be able to tell you know what I mean like that's about the most kind of like out I get as far as like presenting myself but I feel like for me what's challenging is that I know, like, in the heads of people And I don't think that anyone, like, most people Don't mean any harm by, like, making the assumption That we're a straight couple Like, I would obviously do the same thing But the thing about being non-binary At least for me, is that, like, you are just constantly Coming out to people mm -hmm. And, like, I can't pretend I know what it's like To be in a relationship with someone Of the same gender and, like, to be walking down the street With them, but There is something that, like, is more visibly queer about that right right if you're looking at a distance and I think that something that's frustrating about being non-binary in all walks of like this identity is that you're constantly having to like or at least for me I shouldn't speak for everybody but I'm constantly having to like realize over and over again that people aren't seeing me the way that I'm seeing myself as it were which sounds it sounds really deep and I don't mean (laughs) it that way but unless I tell somebody they're right. not gonna know. It's not something that most people assume of other people. And on some level, yeah, that's invalidating. And on other levels, it's just, like, weird. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, sometimes I call ever my boyfriend, sometimes I call him my partner, just because that feels, like, more validating for me. If, like, right. Well, if I'm in a queer relationship, like... Yeah, it's a signifier. But he's cis, so, like, if I call him my boyfriend, like, I'm not misgendering him or anything, so... Yeah, it's, language is weird. <laughs> I, don't
0: I mean, our superintendent, when I like, run into him, <laughs> will refer to me, he's like, I ran into your wife this morning. Whoa, yeah, he like, we're
1: married. That's <laughs> okay. a whole lot of assumptions. I know.
0: I, like feel the urge to like correct them. Mm-hmm. And like I encounter that in a lot of situations. Like when people say like girlfriend? Yeah, it's like, oh, how's your girlfriend doing? I was like, well, Shelby's doing good. <laughs>
1: well, I don't have a girlfriend, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Shelby's my oh, yeah. partner, yeah. You?
0: yeah. It, it's weird because like, I feel like I should correct people. Mm-hmm. but then I'm also like technically outing Shelby to people yeah. they mm-hmm. don't really know yet.. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do? That's do I correct balance. them and like engage in this long explanation? And then out shall be, even though like they haven't met this person, and they possibly will, because a lot of it's coworkers. Oh, which is a whole other. Which is a whole right. other thing. So like frequently, I'll refer to someone as my partner, and my partner, and my partner. Eventually, I'll say that enough, and hope that the person will just oh, understand, like catch on, yeah, catch on, like oh, they, I got it. Do you think most folks assume that you're a a gay man when you say partner? A coworker, I was like working pretty closely with, and I was referring to them as my partner in like a very like kind of crude way uh was like so are you you're gay right and i said no like my partner like my partner's genderqueer and like oh because you were saying partner i was like yeah but that doesn't there's a variety of uses for that and like we're standing at the pool with like 20 other kids so i'm gonna go <laughs> swim around with them because we're at camp
9: <laughs> but i get that too like i've had people well you were there for some of those. but like people ask me like why are you calling him your partner Mm -hmm. right and these are usually people who don't have any idea about my gender identity or like haven't either I haven't come out to them or like they haven't like it's not that hard to figure it out if you know where to look but right I'm just you know I try to walk the line between like how much do I really want to like assume the burden of like educating people because it's exhausting when it's talking about yourself especially and it just comes off as like
0: preachy and weird and Mm -hmm. I just and it's the holidays yeah like (laughs) and
9: and you know with my I had a co-worker who asked me that just out of curiosity because she had met ever and like ever is for context a very large like muscular man like there's nothing androgynous about you um, that's true <laughs> or really that femme about you either and so I think that my co-worker like couldn't make the like bridge that gap between like why is Shelby saying partner but like right. I know that she in quotes is dating this like giant dude <laughs> like like what are you talking about and then you know I've had people and my family would be like, well, why, partner, why don't you just say boyfriend? Like, mm-hmm. you know, partner's what gay people say, and you're not gay. And I was like, well, one, you don't know that, because <laughs> I kind of am. And two, like, then what? Like, do I want to yeah. fight with people about this to prove a point, or do I want to move on from it? It's like constantly sort of weighing odds. Like, is it worth it to come out to this person in this moment? <laughs> you know, for most people, you have to do a little bit of like trans 101.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
9: Which uh, you just don't always want to do.
1: Right. Especially if you're like at work. Yeah. Just like trying to have a casual conversation. You don't want to pull out the chalkboard and be like, well, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Well, here we go. I mean, you work at a school, so you could easily pull out a chalkboard. (laughs) But that's actually really interesting that you feel such an impulse ever to like correct people about it. Because I've found in like other conversations with people who are cis and dating like a a non-binary or genderqueer person Mm -hmm. that most of the impulse comes from the cis person to correct people as opposed to the trans non-binary person Mm -hmm. and that's it's also an interesting like also with straight people who are dating bisexual people I've noticed it's also like the impulse comes from the straight person to be like no like my girlfriend's bi not straight and don't assume that whereas like Mm -hmm. the bi person is like no it's fine whatever that's like an interesting sort of like a protective impulse that I think is really like a really cool way to be an ally to that community so what i'm saying is good job (laughs) yeah no i think
0: like what you're saying is like if you're a partner to somebody like you're obviously a little more protective and if that's like something that you view as important obviously you're going to want people to like value that as well like make sure that's known Mm -hmm. yeah I maybe like I'm not trying to speak for Shelby. maybe Shelby sees as like just like a regular part of their life. but for me, it's like an important part of Shelby that like people shouldn't fuck up. Mm. Can I swear? Yeah, of course okay, <laughs> please. Right.
1: That's um, so sweet. That's nice. Do you remember who your first crush was? Celebrity or otherwise?
9: Yep. <laughs> His name's Andrew. I had my crush on him and I think in Miss Addison's s senior kindergarten class.
1: <laughs> okay, first of all. <laughs>
9: What's a senior kindergarten? (laughs) It's like kindergarten. J- junior kindergarten is like pre-k at my fancy wow. pants school. Well, yeah, I know. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, but we were in <laughs> SK together and also every grade <laughs> after that. <laughs> oh yeah, your was. school was
1: small. Very small. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. There's a lot to deconstruct there, especially the concept of senior kindergarten. Um, Ever first crush. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get into senior kindergarten right now time, so I have That's 45 minutes of material on it. Fifth grade.
9: <laughs> Late bloomer. Yeah,
0: well, when When you like shift schools and move to suburban Long Island as a uh, Filipino kid, you're kind of isolated, but fifth grade, the girl's name was Haley, and we were on our way to Toronto for a space camp, and I let, it, <laughs> I let it slip to my friend, and I was like, I like liked Haley. Do you remember that phase in Oh my god, lives? yeah, do you like her? Do you like like her? Do you like like her? And Whoa. she had been sitting in front of me, and she. I just remember vividly, she turns to me and says, Ever, do you like like me?
9: Awesome. And I was like, ah, oh,
0: <laughs> shit. That's ballsy. Yeah. Whoa.
9: No wonder you've avoided me for so long. Yeah, right?
1: That <laughs> trauma. Yeah.
9: Aggressive,
0: <Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> and then wow. Long <laughs> <laughs> the Living.
1: Whoa. Okay. That's amazing. What is your favorite rom-com?
0: Oh.
1: Of all time? Of all time. Oh, that's so- because
0: I
9: just saw Crazy Rich Asians and like
1: I mean that's a hot contender for number
9: one man Low key, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> friends with kids oh Christ <laughs> or kids with friends I forget which friends one with it kids. Is friends, with with kids. friends with kids like kids with,
1: kids. kids with friends but they do have kids, kids. with friends <laughs> that's true their kids are friends <laughs> no
9: but it's, it's because I, like I have the, the biggest crush on Adam Scott and also it's John like Adam M. Scott and John Chris and also right like, like I have a crush on everyone yeah. in that movie and that came out like Gender. 10 years ago right be damned I saw it in a movie theater with like one of my friends and i was just like oh my god it's just like my dream like i just want to have a kid with like my best
1: oh he, it's friend. the one where like adam scott and elizabeth elizabeth banks right it's not elizabeth banks but
9: you so badly want it to be elizabeth <laughs> 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 it's just like a blonde it's, woman it's John ham's wife in real life i don't know her name though
1: not anymore Oh. they got divorced
0: sorry Johnny wasn't
9: a
1: success Adam movie. Scott and whatever blonde. and blonde woman from, <laughs> <to>. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> from hit film uh oh, she was in another movie <laughs> I can't remember what movie <laughs> she was also in kids with friends the amazing sequel and they like have a baby together right yeah because it's all their like so, have-
9: so it's just everything about it is like heteronormative <laughs> and weird and like Mila Kunis is in it Oh no 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 she's Mila in Friends with Benefits Oh god that's what I'm thinking No but No Megan Fox is in it Oh As
1: Adam, oh, wow. as Adam Scott's
9: sexy like that's Girlfriend a, that's who shakes a, wow. things up
1: What's she up to? I'm willing
9: to bet a million dollars No one else is gonna say Friends with the kids This is so embarrassing I haven't seen it in a long time But I've watched it enough times That I feel like That's I'm very fair it. Also 13 going on 30 Next, Next. That's a classic <laughs>
0: Are we going after movies? Yeah.
9: yeah, they have to be movies. What's oh, the other the,
0: option? The no, television the gossip series. Gossip Girl
9: it doesn't count.
0: No, um... <laughs> Ever loves
9: Gossip Girl.
0: When Chuck went oh to France to get Blair's favorite macaroons, <laughs> I
1: can't say I've seen Gossip Girl.
0: Throw me a this throw a, the podcast a like about them, admittedly. But uh, definitely, maybe specifically oh, for the he showed the me that for the first smoking time smoking scene.
9: It's so good. It's Wait, really Which good. one's the smoking scene? When
0: they're like trying, to, they're arguing like if Marlboro Reds burn faster than American spirits. Oh God, that scene's so. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: fine. Oh no wonder we're together. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Wow. Shout out to Ryan. Else. <laughs> He's a big fan. Listen, you're our most woke guest in this episode. Thank probably. you.
9: Good I job. Great job. He didn't know his <laughs> own pronouns, but he sure as fuck knows mine.
4: Okay, we have to inhale at the same time for the same amount
8: of time. Yep. Ready, steady, go. It's my birthday today. Happy birthday. Why aren't you out celebrating? My boyfriend Lucas was taking me out for dinner and then to a party. But at last minute he gets a gig in Philly, which of course he takes, but...
10: (laughs) Truth is, he's far more interested in being the next Kurt Cobain than being my boyfriend. Who's Kurt Cobain?
11: You're kidding me.
10: What?
2: Slow. Well, I'm with one of my very best friends, Joe, and his boyfriend, Marcus. We're currently at his apartment, sitting on his bed. Joe and I go back um, five years. Yeah, since the second Almost day six years. that I moved into the city. The first day? No, I didn't know you the first no, day. Like
10: it was like the second or third.
2: Yeah, but it's interesting because both of us were in long-term relationships when we met we kind of like went through long-term relationships
10: with a little bit of a distance
2: yeah my boyfriend at the time was living in boston and marcus
10: was back in chicago
2: yeah what were you doing when he was in school still oh right marcus is this like brilliant chemist who does all of this really great work in chicago and i hadn't met marcus until maybe like a six months, eight months later when you snuck him into the dorm room.
10: Yeah, like six months.
2: Yeah, and we met really quickly. And now we're here. <laughs> we're going to start with before you two met. How many first dates have you each been on before you met? I would say like
10: eight to ten. Okay. Total. And what about you? Um,
7: I think I had gone on two first dates before I had met Joe, but Joe was my first boyfriend.
2: That's so sweet. So then, was dating ever something that you worried about? Did it come naturally to you? Were first dates easy? Was meeting guys
10: something that came very easily to you? No, not at first. Because in high school, when I came out, there was one other gay kid Mm -hmm. in school that had been out since we were in middle school. Mm -hmm. And he was like an outcast, kind of. But... Like, when I came out, it was, like, an ordeal, like, a thing, like, oh, the gay, the gay kid, mm-hmm. like, because I was involved in everything, and I did a lot in the school, so it was just, like, the gay kid. And so it was just, like, always a search for, where are the others, you know? Gotcha. Later on, now that we're older, and those people that I was in school with, there's way more out people now. Mm-hmm. They just weren't out when we were in school together. So it was, like, hard. So... I'm kind of the
2: same way. Like, my school... I think back on it, and I'm like, oh, I was one of maybe three gay people. But then I look back at the school now, and it's, like, swarmed with gay people. There's
10: so many gays. Mm -hmm. Coming out, like, became a very normal thing. And now it's a little more easier to meet people. But thank God for, like, Gay Straight Alliance back then because all the schools in the district had Gay-Straight Alliance and they started doing like Gay-Straight Alliance like dances and all the Gay-Straight Alliances would come together and have a dance so you would be introduced to other gays from other schools that were out Mm -hmm. and their allies and clearly like other lesbians and bisexuals like and Marcus was Also, like, we had gone to a few of the events Mm -hmm. together after we started dating, Mm -hmm. but that was, like, a way that I met, like, people even before I met Marcus, like... Did you go to the same high school? No, we went to rival high schools, but in the same district. They were, like, within
7: five minutes of each other. In fact, I had, like, heard of Joe, and, like... (laughs) That doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) Strangely, we had not, with oblivious to each other, had competed against each other... In um, show, choir. show choir, uh, my in show choir. Oh yeah, my sophomore year, I had switched schools to, mm-hmm. because I there was a show choir in the public school nearby my school, and my private Catholic high school did not have a show choir, and mm-hmm. it was so enticing that I had actually really just left. And there were other reasons, but they had a great singing program, and we competed at like our first competition that I had ever competed at was DeKalb Invitational, and. Joe was also competing, and it—it it, it wasn't your first competition of the season. But it, I was
10: a freshman, but, but it was it, one of his first competitions ever.
7: But it was, like, my first year, too, and their group is very good. Mm-hmm. They, n- unfortunately, no longer exist, but they... They don't? The school just cut the program last uh, year. It was the last year. I've seen sadly. the videos. They, they were cut really...
10: all the funding. And- mm.
7: But they were nationally ranked. They were a really great group, and the expected winner. And my group had never, in the history of its existence, ever made a finals at a competition, mm. ever. And it just started to go to competitions the year before that, so... Mm-hmm. But But had made it to finals and then eventually got third at that competition. I remember Joe at the competition, but, and I remember, I was friends with friends of his, but we had not met yet.
10: Like we kept crossing paths, like Mm -hmm. there was also. unknowingly. And so then when did you meet? So then competition season, Mm -hmm. we were both in show choir Mm still. My school actually took his director from his school. Oh shit. And he helped her move into the office. So this is literally the plot of Glee. Glee is, like, based on our school district.
2: Oh, yeah.
10: Yeah.
7: The creator went to Prospect.
10: Yeah. Yes. Which is in which is our, our school district. He was helping her move into the thing, mm-hmm. into the office. So I didn't, like, meet him or whatever, but I remember, like, seeing him move her in. I had gotten his number from a friend of mine because I was into him and...
7: I had messaged Joe, and, like, he wasn't at first able to meet because, like, one of his friends had, like, broken up with his girlfriend, and I did not know that at the time, but, like, Joe had texted me and was like, I, like, can It was, can't.
10: like, hardcore drama, because it was, like, my best girlfriend and my best guy friend. Oh. It was horrible. And my whole friend group, like, split, and it was mm-hmm. just, like awkward but yeah i was it all happened right when we were meeting
7: so i remember thinking <laughs> that he was probably not interested in me because
10: uh you know i was not really good i was responses. like not really giving good responses or like you were wanting busy? to meet up and but i was legitimately busy but you didn't know that but he just thought i like was not god. interested in god it. <laughs> i mean when someone is like
7: doesn't reciprocate the same feelings as you they you know they don't respond yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah that was like I, and i was fine with that like live your life we didn't even know each other at that point
2: so then what brought you to the first date and what was your first date
10: i met joe at his he came over to my house and i had the whole bottom level of my house. Mm -hmm. It was like a mini apartment that I could lock myself off from the rest Mm -hmm. of the house. And I had my own entrance and stuff. And he came over and my cousin and one of my best girlfriends were actually hanging out with me prior. And he came in and he introduced himself and he sat down Uh and he hung out with us for a second. And then they left and went upstairs to like, Mm -hmm. hang out with my siblings and we hung out for a while and just like talked and then like ended up cuddling a little spooning a little on the couch as we were like watching tv Mm -hmm. like just hanging out and then he actually had plans he had to get to because like a few hours had passed Mm -hmm. and then he was like i have like a party to get to but I really don't want to go. And I was like, no, it's, like, go to the party. Like, I'll still be here either, like, after the party or, you know, Uh next time. I'm not going anywhere. And so I'm pretty sure we, did we kiss right then? We did kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We totally kissed. We had kissed.
7: I'm pretty sure the moment Elise went upstairs and Maria went upstairs.
10: And whatever, he left. And then he went to the party and he was, like, blowing up my phone. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole <laughs> time he left. And he basically, like, went to the party and, like, showed face. And then, like, came as back, as, back. And was like, can I come back? Like. Oh. And I, I was, of course, I was like, yes. And, like, I was like, you know, at that point, like, when he left, like, they came back downstairs. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. you know, girl time. <laughs> And the second he said that I was like, get the fuck back upstairs. He's coming <laughs> back and I wanna be alone. And we hung out and we just cuddled and like kissed a lot. Mm-hmm. And that first week he like came and he had a car, which was like a How big deal. I was a junior in high school. We were both seventeen. And he was a senior in high school and he would like come pick me up between school and I would always have rehearsal Mm -hmm. every day after school. If it was like either musical rehearsal or show choir choir rehearsal Mm -hmm. and he would come pick me up and we'd go to like quick dates. Like dinner dates between school and whatever rehearsal I would have.
7: I remember this. I remember the next date after the first date being at Taco Bell.
10: Yeah, we went to like Taco Bell. (laughs) That was because we. It was. He had no time. He was right there. He was like, I have twenty minutes, and I was like, I have a twenty-minute break, and he was like, We can do this, and we went and had a quick date at Taco (laughs) Bell, and it was actually such a cute date.
2: So then you how long were you long distance? Oh god. Or was it just through school?
10: So we were together that we had that whole year mm-hmm. together. And then he went to Iowa for his first year University of college, of Iowa. University <laughs> of Iowa. That was a struggle, but he literally came back almost every weekend. And I went out there a few times, but he he came back a lot. And We Skyped a lot, and then he moved back right away, Mm -hmm. and so he was at Loyola Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I was at Columbia College Chicago, so we were literally, like, a few miles away from each other. Mm
7: -hmm. It was, like, a 45-minute train ride to get from, like, my apartment to his, and I would, like, finish classes and then, like, go over there And, like, do all of my homework in, like, their study area. And then go to bed at Joe's and then, like, wake up and, like, go to class. Oh, my God.
10: Like, take an 8 a.m. class, like, back up. How long did that happen for? Just for one or two semesters. Uh And then I dropped out of Columbia. Mm
11: -hmm.
10: And then was working Mm full-time for a while and... He was in school, but I was living with him, basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to go to New York. And mm-hmm. then I auditioned for school, got into there. And then when I was here for one full school year, yeah, I was here away from him. Mm-hmm. So basically, long distance, we've done... Like on and off. Over. We did the two full school years. Uh-huh. And then when I moved back here... For a little uh-huh that was like two years
7: i remember it being almost by the oh, end wow, almost yeah. five
10: years it was like f- around four years four and, four and a half. half. Mm-hmm. Four and a half mm-hmm. where we were not living together right but the thing was is for a year of that we were you seeing were each other together. every yeah. weekend so basically like really like for not seeing each other like having to do actual long distance until we saw each other during mm-hmm. like school breaks That's like three, three and a half years.
2: What were you guys doing over that time that kept you together for so long? Because you've been dating since the beginning. Skyping
10: a lot. Mm -hmm. And FaceTime, clearly once FaceTime became a thing. Yeah. That was magic because Mm -hmm. that was, you could, anytime Mm -hmm. on your phone. I mean, we text, like even now we text nonstop. Mm -hmm. Like we're always talking, we're always communicating. I don't know, we're, we always... Stay very uh I remember trying with to our sync communication our try to be uh on the same page. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Okay,
2: three more questions. One, where's your favorite place to go on a date? I'm assuming it's probably in Chicago,
10: but Okay, I will say <laughs> in New York, our favorite place to go on a date is Chelsea Market. You do we go there, go a lot. there a lot. Go it's our that favorite lot. place. You go to the zoo a lot too. Oh my god. Oh my that god! That is also yeah. Whatever. Let's talking about not just food, but we go to the Bronx Zoo. We mm-hmm. love the Bronx Zoo. It's free on Wednesdays. It's. An <laughs> this escape is now a Bronx city, podcast. An escape
7: from the city. <laughs> I really like this place, Socho. That's like this Rick Bayless restaurant. Oh, uh, it's yeah. The food is so the good. food mm. is so
2: good, but it's reasonably priced. Also, okay, so this is kind of switching gears for a second. But do
10: you each remember your first like boy crush? Do you want to go first? I don't remember. I mean, for me, it was my, the first boy I dated. Oh, and okay. it, it was because he was the first person I saw and was around that I, I fully personally clicked with. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I like boys. Mm-hmm. That's why I've never felt. This way before, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, so to
2: wrap this up, if someone was in a relationship and wanted to get to where you guys are, together for 10 years, lasting through everything, living together, living your life in New York City, what would you tell them?
7: Be patient and um, compassionate and kind and always, I mean, think of your partner, I guess.
10: Definitely. Definitely everything that marcus said but also having to remember that not everything is rainbows and cupcakes Mm -hmm. you know there's gonna be you know just for all the high moments there's also gonna be like low moments and the low moments are the real like test of of a relationship Mm -hmm. and that's when you have to remember those things that Marcus was saying the most is at those moments because the good moments are easy mm-hmm. and if you can't talk through things or forgive first things and you hold grudges and it it's it's not going to work if you hold grudges on against things it's not going to work you're always going to have you know mm-hmm. that there so you also Even though it's horrible sometimes, I feel like you have to not be afraid to fight as Mm -hmm. well because it's healthy Mm -hmm. and normal. I would rather have something figured out with
7: Joe and, like, we are established on how we both feel about something Mm -hmm. than not discuss it. And bottling it up. And 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 that's not, I'm not going to say that all relationships are like that, but, like, certainly ours has always been that way. Why did you pick me to sing that song with?
10: Kurt, there is a moment
8: when you say to yourself, oh, there you are.
10: I've been looking for you forever. Watching you do Blackbird this week, that was a moment for me. About you. You move me, Kurt. And this
8: duet would just be an excuse to spend more time with you.
1: So those were two interviews with younger couples who are in our generation. And then we also wanted to sort of get a perspective on being a queer couple from a generation above us.
2: Yeah, because I feel like a lot of especially gay male people exclude you when, once you're 30.
1: Yeah, Or totally. like
2: whatever that age is. And you kind of don't exist unless it's like a daddy situation. Which
1: I feel like is the opposite of lesbians.
2: Yeah, and I realize that I don't really know anybody that's together or dating, but like a, not an older couple, but like older than I am.
1: Yeah. I mean, I grew up surrounded by gay men who were my mom's age, who a couple of them had like serious relationships that ended in my childhood. So I've now known them as single people. But the like gay friends of my mom, so I can think of immediately are all single at this moment in time. And I've heard about their relationships but the relationships have ended. My neighbors, when I was little, were a lesbian couple in their 50s. But, I mean, I we moved when I was, like, 8. So I don't really have – I'm not in touch with them anymore. But aside from that, I, I didn't really have, like, a lot of queer relationships to look up to when I was little. I just had single queer people.
2: We were sitting together at the drawing board. You and me? <laughs> yeah. For oh. this episode, we were kind of thinking through the people that we could talk to about this. Because you can't just talk to anybody about this because it's kind of personal. Yeah. And we remember that we had a great guest in season two yes. named Micah, who helped us out with our Christianity episode, who has a husband who is lovely. Yeah. And so we sat down with them to talk about... Their
5: relationship. Yes. I'm Matt Cleaver. I just started law school yesterday. Uh, Before that, I spent 10 years as an arts administrator in commercial and nonprofit off-Broadway. And an artist. Oh, and sure, yes, I'm an artist, too. What
8: kind? A
5: writer and performer. Oh,
8: sweet. Yeah. Singer. And a singer. And I
5: use the pronouns he, him, his.
8: And I'm Micah. UC and I am a minister at Judson Memorial Church, ordained in the United Church of Christ. And uh, my pronouns are he, him, his.
1: And how long have you been together?
8: Since December of 2012.
5: Yeah, so like five and a half years? Married how
8: long? A year and four months. <gasps> wow, you know the math. I guessed it.
1: Um, so how did you meet?
8: I had a relationship that ended um, pretty badly uh, the summer before the December that we met and our mutual friend Isaac, Oliver, has a annual Christmas show and I have performed in it for the past few years and so I was performing in it that year and I had sort of sworn off dating and relationships for the foreseeable future but apparently at that show Matt saw me in the show and asked Isaac about Me and Isaac said, you should come to Judson because I'm going to read a poem in their service on Sunday. And that would be a good way for you to come and suss Micah out. And so you did. And so I did. Take you to
5: church. Right. I was at a loose end too. I had lived in New York for maybe five and a half years. And then I had a little, I guess a nervous breakdown and I moved back to Ohio for like six months, and was on unemployment, and it was amazing, but I moved back to New York, and I was kind of at a loose end. I, had, When I had this breakdown, I, I broke up with my boyfriend of like four years, um, I quit my job, so I moved back, and I was kind of at a loose end, and I had seen Isaac's show multiple times before, but you didn't have a beard ever before. Mm. Oh. <laughs> So the beard was new. Right. And yeah. my daddy face. <laughs>
11: right.
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right, before that, you were like Lance Bass. <laughs> uh, you know, I sat in the show, so it's the Christmas show, and I was still a little, like, I guess raw. And, you know, I'd gotten back on my terrible GP at the time, put me back on the antidepressants I had told him didn't work for me. <laughs> So I was really depressed, and I sat in that show and like really kind of missed the entire show because I saw Micah up there, and I just kind of went into this domestic fantasy. <laughs> I give people fantasies of domesticity. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think that is wonderful, and I think that was I think that i was I was really hoping for something like cozy and stable and supportive. And so I went into this fantasy of all of those qualities, and it made me so depressed. Usually, I stick around after the show, hang out with Isaac, but I like just ran out of the show and went home and like cried for like three hours. and then Isaac the next day I was, was like that's, that's so romantic. <laughs> it gets romantic after this. Well, and I think romance is complicated. The next day I called Isaac and I was like, I'm sorry I left. So abruptly, uh, you know, I just went, I just had this crazy domestic fantasy, which turned into a nightmare and I just had to go home. And he was like, "Um, well, I know him. You know, there's a way that we can (laughs) connect you guys. It's not like we live in a a golden age, you know. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: Well, and now we're in your beautiful, cozy home with your amazing dog, so...
8: This is our fantasy, fantasy of worked. domesticity. Mm-hmm.
5: Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Before you
2: had dated, how many first dates have you, do you think you've ever been on?
5: I've pretty much only ever been on first dates. I've probably been on maybe four that went beyond first dates. But I've been on a lot of first
8: dates. <laughs> And date is a strong word. Sure. (laughs) And I'm a serial monogamist, Mm -hmm. but I always sleep with the person on the first date. And I had basically, I mean, this goes into sort of what you were saying in terms of us being maybe a generation and a half above you. I don't know what what it's like for, for your generation, but the... Um, or half a generation above. I don't know.
1: You guys aren't like... Aging myself. (laughs) The
8: kids today. (laughs) But, you know, when I came out, my mother, bless her heart, who's a very, very supportive woman, the first thing she said to me was, be careful. And then she said, I love you afterward. Mm -hmm. So I really grew up in this post-AIDS crisis world where I was terrified of anonymous sex and terrified of of sort of, uh, you know, losing track of the people that I was sleeping with. So really, and I'm not proud to say this, but Matt and I have talked about this. I mean, I have basically, I've slept with everybody on the first date, on on most dates that I've gone on. And then I demand to like keep in contact with that person just in case something bad happens. But I remember you, we weren't going to go home together that night. And I said, but I'd like to.
5: Yeah, I don't remember not... That I mean, I remember the first date, but I don't remember Not you forcing day. your <laughs> way into my home. <laughs> <laughs> <But>.
8: <laughs> we went. You recommended that we go to the Cornelia Street Cafe, mm-hmm. where I had been before, but I don't think you had been there before, right? But okay. you had asked.
5: No, your I had been there before.
8: Okay. I don't think I had been there for dinner, but your boss, Michael, your friend, Maybe. had told you that that might be a good place for a first date. Okay, and so we met there. And it was like December twenty eighth, so it was right after Christmas, and it was the day after I got back from my trip to Ohio. We're both from Ohio. I'm Northern Ohio. He's Southern Ohio. Mm-hmm. Whoa! And yeah, so we went out that night and kind of like had a really, really long dinner. Yeah, like a lot of wine, three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. It just seemed it seemed like a good connection and. I think you didn't want me to come home with you because you had no heat in your apartment. Right.
10: Oh yeah, that's a... Yeah, that's a real
8: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but apartment was I went. terrible. I went, said we'd make our own heat. <laughs> we took a cab,
5: I remember that, mm-hmm. and we went up FDR Drive, mm-hmm. which we never do. Mm-hmm.
2: Before you two met, was dating ever a problem? Or like, were there any complications in dating? Did you like going on dates? Do you not
5: like it? I did not like going on dates because I would either like fall into something that looked like a relationship but I didn't, wasn't in the mood for it. When I moved back from Ohio, I didn't have a place to live. And so I stayed with a friend of mine in park slope. And I also didn't have a boyfriend and that was kind of before grinder and apps and mm-hmm. things. And so you would still go on a Craigslist just to find like random hookups. Mm-hmm. And I found a random hookup close by in prospect Heights. And I walked there and I got fucked. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, Said
2: a lot worse. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah.
5: And the guy kind of fell for me, but I didn't know that. And I was just like into, into the sex part of it. Like, I hate to say this because it's terrible things happen. But thank God for Hurricane Sandy. <laughs> because the only reason I was able to break up with him was because Hurricane Sandy shut down the subways (laughs) and I lived in Harlem at the time I couldn't make it to him (laughs) and so I was like I guess it's not gonna work (laughs) oh god it was so sweet so I just felt bad like I didn't want to break up with him. it was like a nice yeah was that the
2: first time you ever had to break up with someone
5: I mean I guess the other time I moved to Ohio (laughs) And you know, my ex-boyfriend was really great. was like a really wonderful guy, and but I just didn't know how to end it, and mm-hmm. like the stress of that, and the stress of like wanting to not be in the job I was in at the time, right. and
8: and New there York were no was hurricanes on the way. way. <laughs> 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 the
5: weather
11: report was good, so you just had to move. <laughs>
8: Yeah. I always love dating. I get very nervous in sort of like crowds larger than five if I don't have a function, which yeah. I think is like common with a lot of ministers. I think a lot of ministers sort of like, Yes, are all about sort of the church and and like higher power thing, but it's also like a bunch of people who are nervous if they're in a crowd and don't have a function and like Mm -hmm. don't have something to do. So I love sort of one on one conversations. And so I would always think of dates as just an opportunity to get to know somebody better. I've really never had a bad date. And then, as I said before, I would then insist on staying in my life. I've just never, I've never used dating apps. I'm not proud to say I've never used dating apps. I think that it's a remarkable invention in, in a lot of ways. But I really, along with my mother sort of saying, be careful, you know, when I came out, the only time I ever created a profile for manhunt this is pre-apps for manhunt the first thing i did and this just shows how naive i am the first thing i did was like reach out to this man that i found attractive under hiv status it said ask me i was just like and i see that your hiv status says ask me so i'm asking and he wrote back i remember these words because it, it really does haunt me but he said if it says ask me, assume it's positive. If it says negative, assume it's positive. Right. And it really, I, it was enough. Again, I don't say this proudly. I, I do think that a lot of my, a lot of the facts that I've not had random hookups does really come from a deep-seated fear that comes, you know, from being in the generation that's, like, immediately post-HIV crisis. Um, And so I really, correct me or tell me I should be quiet, but many of my friends, and, and Matt, now my husband, have had far more sexual partners than I have. I basically have had, like... 12 sex partners and 12 relationships (laughs) because I was like, well, now we've had sex and now we can only have sex with one another.
1: How did you find people if you weren't like on websites and apps before?
8: Always only through friends.
1: Interesting. Mm -hmm.
8: I've I've been very lucky, to be honest, because I have great friends and they have great friends. I have an ex-boyfriend who I've dated at length uh, probably like five or six times. Sure. So like I only, I came out when I was 20 and now I'm in my mid-late 30s <laughs> and, and like those stretches lasted long enough that like I've, you know it's uh, I've basically only had monogamous relationships since I since I came out.
2: Do you remember who your first crush was?
8: Karen Allen.
2: Whoa.
5: Oh. Well, I, the first play I was ever in was Bye Bye Birdie and I played Oh no, here we I go. I played Randolph and <laughs> and my first crush was my dad in the show (laughs) (laughs)
8: what's his name (laughs) I'll tell you offline I never thought about living life as a queer person until a few weeks before I came out when I was 20 and at Fordham University in Mm -hmm. you know in New York City the stories that I hear and I'm sure that there's like a huge spectrum of this but I hear like if you're my age and you were growing up and you really had no context for how you could just live a life as a, as a gay man, you would either like disappear into, into dating girls, you know, constantly, or you would just date nobody. And I was the former. I, da- I, I had a girlfriend literally until a couple of weeks before I came out. Oh, wow. The way that I came out was that I was going home with a girl to hook up from a bar, and she turned to me and she was like, "You don't want to be coming home with me, do you?" And I was like, "Of course." And she said, "She said no, no, you <laughs> want you to." Did you say be it like with- that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that <flick laughs> <of> the wrist? <laughs> sure I did. <do. laughs> she said, "You want to be coming home with Jeffrey," and I was like, "Oh my gosh." You are right. I want to be coming home with wow. Jeffrey. So I say all of that to say I had no context growing up for any kind of successful gay relationship or even like a gay existence. So my first crushes were girls. And my first girlfriend was in kindergarten and her name was Stephanie First. Oh, and wow. uh, <laughs> she we're Facebook friends to this day. Yeah. So I think she was my first crush.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Do you have a favorite
8: rom-com? One of my favorite reading
5: experiences ever is Bridget Jones Diary. Okay. And I read it before I came out. And part of me, gosh, I think it was 16 or so then. And part of me was like, I don't care if people see me lying out in the sun, trying to get a tan as a sophomore in high school, reading Bridget Jones Diary in my rural Ohio town. I don't care because this book is so fucking good. (laughs) I that's my that favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a
1: good book. Do you have a favorite?
2: Oh, but yours. Yes.
5: <sighs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw
2: Massacre. Oh
8: <laughs> I love Is horror I... movies. What?
2: I never would have picked you. Me As that.
8: either. I don't even. I really don't know how many rom coms I've ever seen. Wow.
2: Well, then, what's your favorite horror?
8: The Nightmare on Elm Street series. Basically, like the entire for, series. That's Freddy. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah I've Is that the sweaters? Yeah,
8: with the uh, <laughs> dreams. I really think the Nightmare on Elm Street series is astonishingly good. It is funny. It is gruesome. It like has a message about dreams and <laughs> nightmares. And I really think that the mythology of Freddy is really fascinating. I mean it goes back to it's like Greek mythology yeah. to me and it it goes back it's like about cycles of violence it's about wow. it's about reparations it's about revenge yeah. um and I really think yeah and Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is the gayest film <laughs> ever made that was that was unintentionally like totally
5: let <laughs> me I want to reword really like this word essentially have you seen them I have we because we watch, watch on Halloween. Watch we watch like watch a series, oh, right. you
8: know. Every uh, year, I send out through a mailing list, like I'm doing this, and literally no, no one comes. And so we just we sit we, there and watch <laughs> while the Halloween parade it's like a giant
1: outside. Giant theater, just the two of you. <laughs> Do you have any dating advice? or
8: tips this is what I say to all of my friends and I often I say it to Isaac all the time always approach with an open mind and heart expect nothing and invite everything that's what I think and it's sort of like if you walk in and you don't expect that it's going to go terribly or that it's going to go wonderfully then you leave yourself open to just sort of like inviting in whatever that person has to give and inviting any blip and accident and funny thing and unexpected connection that comes along
5: That is the advice of a serial monogamist. (laughs) I guess my advice, which I didn't really follow, is like, fuck around. Remember to say, I'm done when you're done. And only say yes when you are like,
8: into more of the person than just like you know the physical aspect i also think that we and i have too but i think a lot of us spend a lot of time like wondering how to make the other person happy and want to be with us when in actuality we should be deciding like how happy we are and wondering you know like if a person is ignoring you then is that person giving you the thing that you need that time to be to be happy we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get somebody to pay attention to us and it's like well if you're if you're trying to get somebody to pay attention to you and they're not paying attention to you then they're actually not someone that you should be with
5: that is such an interesting thing that i've just noticed now that like you are worried about how to make people happy and i'm really worried about how to not make people sad
8: Oh, Whoa. She balls over the day Mom. Wow. I don't And know. what is the difference there? How can we nuance this? I just think we need to have more dates.
5: Okay. Let's start our that little That would make me not sad. Yeah. And then that would make me happy.
2: Well it looks wow. like Wow <laughs> We We are we our relationship <laughs>
8: fixers. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
10: How long has this been going on?
4: Since the
8: murders, she was fine
4: before
6: that. Now she thinks her dreams are real.
10: Well, there's no sign of
7: pathology in your EEG. I guess that what we have is just a normal girl who happens to have gone through two days of hell. Okay.
6: She's asleep now. Thank God.
4: What the hell are dreams, anyway?
7: Mysteries, incredible body hocus pocus.
8: The truth is, we still don't know what they are or where they come from.
1: So then on the other hand, older lesbians, Mm -hmm. we couldn't get in contact with Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor. Unfortunately. (laughs) Our requests went (laughs) unacknowledged. So instead,
2: we got my cousin, Sarah and Maddie, who are partners. They live in Florida. This is
1: also our our only couple that is an out of town situation. Everyone else is in New York. Yeah. And like met in New York
2: yeah and like they're not in a city in Florida either I believe they're in a suburb they're just a really sweet couple and when you see them together you're just like yeah they're that couple and they definitely like come in a pair <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet um so here's the conversation uh, I had with them I'm talking to my cousin Sarah and Maddie fun fact to all of you listeners out there I've only met you once twice once I've only met Maddie once. Right, yeah. When I met Maddie, I was, it just like made sense because I had only ever heard stories about Maddie. And then I was (laughs) like, oh, you guys are so cute. (laughs) Aw, thanks. So how did she, you guys meet? We were friends
6: before we started dating. And so she had been around my immediate family, like my brothers and my mom and dad, multiple times for like holiday dinners and stuff like that. And she would make it known to everyone. She would just be like, don't worry, we're friends now, but eventually she'll be mine. Uh. <laughs> yeah, she told mom, she'd be like, one day I'll be your daughter-in-law, don't worry about it.
2: So then when did and, you change?
6: Um, well, let's see, we're talking 2000 and I would say we were friends. Since like 2010 ish. Maybe 9, but definitely 2010. And then we didn't, well, we argue about our date. She says she counts when we started sleeping together, which was no Thanksgiving of 11. I count when I actually asked her to be my girlfriend, which is February of 12.
2: It took you that long.
6: Yeah, well, you know, I wanted to listen. We oh, were already living together. It was a weird situation. We were friends and we were living together with my ex-girlfriend at the time. <gasps> yeah. What? <laughs> listen, she was living in like a travel trailer with her ex-girlfriend when she was about to sleep in her truck. I was like, listen, I have a second bedroom. Don't live in your car. Like, that's just sad. It's Florida's hot. I think little did Maddie know, though, the girl still had a thing for me and constantly tried to sleep with me
2: oh no
6: (laughs) yeah and at that point like I was going through one of those mid-20s I don't really know what I'm doing with my life I hate everything Uh moments and my choices were go back to my parents house and just redo my life you know start over again or find somewhere to live yeah, somebody was like, no, you're not moving to your parents, but you can't be that far away. And then it just happened to be a friend of hers was looking to rent out her house because she was getting more serious with her girlfriend, but didn't want to lose her property. Well, not exactly how it went down. She was going to move in with this girl and let her house get foreclosed. I'm like, yeah, that's not a good plan. You've only been dating, like, a month. Yes, you think now that you're forever and ever, but... What happens in six months when it doesn't work out? Now you have no house, no girlfriend and nowhere to
11: live.
6: Mm. So I offered to rent her place to help everybody out. Yeah. So Maddie started renting the house out, which then gave me plenty of room to move into a place which then she let my ex continue to live with her and move into that place. That I don't even know. That was earlier like end of summer of two thousand and- 10, I think, or 11. 11. Had to have been 11. So eventually, like, we both had off on that Thanksgiving break, you know, out from work, so we were just home with each other. And I don't know. One thing led to another, and we just slept together on the couch right there in the middle of the room. Like, didn't give a fuck about anything. (laughs) (laughs) then that was it I mean it's not like I wasn't hooked but it was a whole change for me I had only ever dated really butch like dyke lesbians before her real manly like biker I don't do anything girly rawr so uh, I looked at Maddie in like such Fear and trepidation because she was everything about a girl that I wasn't. She cared about her makeup and her clothes and she was so, so girly. And I'm not. like I don't, I'm not, I don't look very bush, but I am not feminine in any way whatsoever. I'm like, ugh. I feel like just get stressed out when she takes long to get ready. I'm just like... Holy crap, how long did it take for you to put makeup on? You're... I, I start getting crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then that happened on Thanksgiving, but then three months went by?
6: Yeah, so we were dating, and I was just so nervous that, like she was gonna get weird, she was gonna get psycho. You know, I've had a lot of psychos in my past <laughs> and I was waiting for the shoe to drop, the whole like, she tried so hard, maybe now she's gonna get psycho and like clingy and like, you know, crazy. And I didn't want that, that full attachment yet. And then I was like, well, what if I can't handle the girly aspect of it? Someone that cares, like what if she tries to change me? You know, that kind of stuff. And eventually I was just like, okay, now I'm just being stupid. Like we are literally living in the same room together, breathing, air together 24 7 why am i not just making this official because i am a little bit old-fashioned i like titles i like to go through the process i believe there's a a chain you know it was never the fact that i wasn't attracted to maddie like i've always been attracted to her she's gorgeous and i was always curious but there were so many little elements holding me back mentally one of which was that we both dated the same person And that one person was the cause of a lot of horrible problems in my life when I dated her.
11: Mm -hmm.
6: And then adding on the whole fact of the feminine aspect and the girl aspect of it, my mom was just like, did you ever stop to think about the fact that maybe your other relations didn't work out because you tend to go for people that are similar to you, that you have things in common with, rather than somebody that's different than you and challenges you? And I was like, well, no, because that makes sense. (laughs) So then when Thanksgiving happened and, I mean, the sexual tension was so palatable, you couldn't, I mean, like, I could still replay it in my mind that many years ago, that first time. From that moment that I, like, stopped blocking the feelings, all she wanted was to just better me. Like, we were amazing together, but she was just, like, the first time I'd ever been with anyone that was just, like, no... You're the amazing one. Like, you're beautiful. Like, look at you for a change and think about how awesome you are. Stop complimenting me. And it's it's not the first time that me being feminine has been an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very common for lesbians to be more attractive to butch than they are
11: femme.
6: Hmm. So it's something that just constantly gets thrown in my face a lot. Like, oh, I only date butches. I remember... A date I went on where she legitimately said to me, this is why you wear sneakers. While she drugged me through construction on what I thought was a coffee date in heels.
2: Oh. Was dating ever something that was easy for both of you before yeah, well, you were together?
10: No. You no. Know, dating sucks.
2: Have both of you uh-huh. ever used online dating or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh that's sweet that you that you've done that but then you have known each other all along. So switching gears a little bit, what would you say I- to a couple that wants to get to where you are right now
6: don't do the plenty of fish they're all crazy and they're probably like super short be serious babe no i am
2: serious you heard it here first plenty of fish sucks
6: <laughs> no i mean i would say that if they're doing the whole online thing obviously be smart enough to go on plenty of dates and different kind of dates public dates, oh, so, do dates. so do it they're crazy <laughs> don't have <laughs> i also think that it's it really is important to be friends first, like, to really know the person before you rush into things. Yeah, don't you haul it. It's gonna be amazing. You don't have to rush it. Like, don't give up your life for somebody. Just be you. That's obviously what attracted them in the first place. And don't give up your friends. Yeah, Anyone that wants to change you is not the right person for you.
2: Ooh, don't give up your friends um, is great advice.
6: Totally. I don't care what the sexual attraction is or anything. If the first person... That comes around, you're feeling this way, and they immediately start going like, "Oh, I don't want to hang out with them tonight," or "You shouldn't do that. You should come here." You know, the person that is meant to be with you should be building you up, not tearing you down. Mm-hmm. You should feel better not only about yourself but about them together.
2: Do either of you remember who your first crush was?
6: Yeah. See, I knew you were going to ask that question, and my history is real sketchy. Um,
11: <laughs> oh no.
6: I dated a guy for two and a half years and I mean he knew that I thought I was attracted to girls like he always knew there was that thing when I moved to Florida was when I first had like I started having my first real interactions with lesbians and I was 18 at the time and I actually started dating my boss at the time she was 45 and I was 17
2: oh gosh okay
6: it really threw a wrench Mom was not happy. We didn't talk for a while. There were, you know, But she was my first experience, and I was totally swept into the world. But I never really... So I never really had brushes. I mean, like, there was a girl that I worked with, but it was never, like, verbally mm-hmm. talked. I mean, it was just like, man, she's gorgeous. And that was as far as it ever went. But like I said, it was always so weird because growing up, it was never like I knew it was okay to feel the way I felt or act on it, so I always just kept it in the back of my head and went about my business. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it, I could like, clearly, like, she was my first kid. We were practicing for boys. There was quotations on that. I know you can't see those.
11: Who was who this?
6: Boys, air quotes. Yeah, her childhood friend, Fallon. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, you know, I doodled other boys in our class with names, blah, blah, blah. But... I remember the first time I really like had a crush on a girl. It was probably in high school. And I remember her Scooby Doo lunchbox. I <laughs> seriously like what? Who cares a Scooby Doo lunchbox? And I thought she was just the coolest thing there ever was. But, but I'm like, I need to talk to her. Like, I need to be friends with her. Scooby Doo lunchbox girl with the red hair. We're besties. We don't even know it yet. <laughs> I tried to find her on Facebook a couple of years ago, but it didn't work out. Oh. Well, her name was, like, super common, like, Nicole. Oh. And Nicole.
2: Talk about plenty of fish.
6: <laughs> I don't know.
2: What is your favorite rom-com?
6: So, I'm probably going to date myself here, and I'll be surprised if many people know about it. Yes, she had to Google what a rom No, was. I didn't have to Google it. I said I almost Googled it. Because at first I read it, and I was like, you mean, like, dress-up? But then I was like, no, that's Comic-Con. And then it took me a <laughs> second, and I was like, rom And then I was like, oh, it means, like, a movie? Like, a romantic comedy? <laughs> <laughs> One of my all-time favorites, and like I said, most people probably don't know it anymore, is Simply Irresistible with Sarah Michelle Geller. It's, like, one of my all-time favorites. What's it about? Um,
2: I have truly no idea what that is.
6: So, basically, Sarah Michelle Geller's family has this, like, restaurant and she's this chef, but she has no cooking skills whatsoever. And then she gets this magical crab that gives her the skills <laughs> to cook well. What? And falls in love with, like, the head Wait. of this uh, department store guy. And Wait. you really need to watch it. It's an amazing movie.
2: Tell me more about this magical crab.
6: Yeah, okay. So... I don't, you know, it's one of those things. So, like, she's down on her luck. The place is going to get shut down because she can't make food, which obviously means she can't sell anything. And no one comes to it. And so she, like, wishes for all this luck and everything and goes to the market and gets this food. And there's, like, this big dungeness crab that escapes her grocery bag and, like, hides on her shelf. And it gives her, like, this magic to cook. And, like, then her cooking starts, like... Basically, what happens is like her feelings no, go into no, the stop cooking.
11: P.S.
4: Like You'll yeah.
6: love it. <laughs> and I guess if I were to be cheesy and have to come up with something that's like a little bit newer age, it's still actually not newer age, is I totally love 10 Things I Hate About You, but that's because I love people Ledger. Well, I've got two answers. I feel like my first one might not classify as a rom-com. What is it? P.S. I Love You?
2: You know what? I'm going to say that's a rom com.
6: If that doesn't qualify, he's just not that into you. It's, a, it's so you annoying. Yourself, Maybe because I've had to watch it like a thousand times. Well, yes, because before you would date me, I had to remind myself
10: she just not that into you.
5: <laughs> oh my gosh. You're invited to fall in love with a story about magic.
10: Bibbity bobbity boo.
8: Was it some kind of a curse? Fashion. Last year's tuxedo. Romance. The average man thinks about sex 238 times a day. What? Yeah, that's about right.
5: And other things that make life interesting.
1: We're floating
5: Sarah Michelle Geller, Sean Patrick flannery
1: We met and these amazing things started to happen.
5: When our second date. Simply irresistible. Rated PG 13.
1: Question:
2: Would you ever hook up with a fan?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I would say my DMs are open, but I don't check them. So
2: <laughs> they're <laughs> open.
1: They're open solely because I don't know how to close them. <laughs> I don't know how to close my Twitter DMs or my Instagram DMs, but I also don't ever check them. So if you've ever DM'd me and not gotten a response, that's why. Cause I don't, it'll be like, you have like four unread messages. So they should add you. Be. Maybe I'll start checking my DMs. Fans, if you want to hook up, <laughs>
2: Should I just give out my phone number? <laughs> no. You know, I want to hook up, just find Jay in a public place. You
1: can email me. You oh, can email yeah. us at one more thingpodcast at gmail.com and Robert will forward <laughs> the emails to my personal email account. Yep. And also, I feel like people think I'm kidding. But I I'm know you're not. Certainly not. Literally, if someone, I mean, it would depend on the person. Yeah, you're not easy. But if someone emailed the podcast account and was like, I want to hook up with Jay, let's make this happen, I would look them up and then I'd probably be like, all right, where and when? Like, let's meet up. And then we'd talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and I would record the whole thing. Just kidding. <laughs> would you ever hook up with a fan? Well, you wouldn't hook up with anyone. So would you ever date a fan?
2: Fair. <laughs> Fair question. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I... So there are two kinds of fans, in my opinion. There's the fans... <laughs> okay. In, because... But, cool but wait, it. But wait. So there's the fans that just listen to the podcast, like you may be doing right now. <laughs> if they were to DM me and be like, hey, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Would you ever want to go out? I'd probably be like, well, let's talk on here first for a little bit.
1: Meanwhile, I'm like, my address is come to my apartment tomorrow night.
2: And if they can talk to me about anything but the podcast, automatic, yes. Yeah. However, there are people that we follow on uh, our podcast Instagram that we definitely only follow because I would like to date them. or people that have followed us because they listen yeah. to the podcast and then we follow them back. Because one of us is attracted to them. Yeah, yeah because I want to see their posts, but I don't want to follow them with my personal account because that's like too thirsty. So if any of them came to me and were like, let's date, I'd be like, yes, please. That makes sense. So if you were a fan, how would you get your attention?
1: Well, I'll, I'll start checking my or Actually, okay.
2: So if someone wanted to get your attention in general, and then if like a, general, a, if a listener wanted to get your attention.
1: On social media or in real life. Either. Well, I think the crux of this situation is that I, like many queer women, don't know when someone's flirting with me. Mm-hmm. So they have to be like super explicit about it. Yeah. Like every time I've hooked up with someone, they've had to be like, I am flirting with you. Do you know what? I
2: think that's the difference between us. Because I, if literally any guy is nice to me, I'm like, well, he was flirting with me.
1: <laughs> that's like, true. Yeah. He'd be like,
2: here's the wine you ordered. I'm like, well.
1: <laughs> You're like, sir, let me leave you my number. Wait, do you know the story of when I had a drink bought for me? No.
2: <laughs> By who?
1: A man? A bartender. By a lesbian bartender. What? I was at a lesbian bar by myself for reasons that we won't get into right now. And the bartender was like talking to me and she, we were like talking and she was like, what's your drink? And I was like, oh, just a cranberry juice. <laughs> she was like, oh, OK. And she made me a cranberry juice. And I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't act, I didn't want one. I wanted to leave. But now I have to drink this because she made it for me. So I
2: drank it. What did you think she was just asking because she wanted to get to know you?
1: Yes. <laughs> and she, her job is to literally pour it gets, drinks. It gets even worse. Oh, so my. she she made me the drink and I like drank it. We were like chatting. Turned out she was a writer and we were talking about that and like all kinds of stuff and like just like really chatting and then I finished my cranberry juice and I was like how much and she was like oh it's on the house. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I'll let me I have to pay you. Well, how much was it going to be? Like two dollars? I don't know. She was like, no, no, no. It's it's from me. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I promptly left and then texted my friend. And I was like, the bartender made me a drink. She was so nice. And My friend was like, so she was hitting on you. And I was like, no, she. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever go back? No. How long ago was this? It was in November. What? What? (laughs) What? Why? Have you <laughs> I felt weird being like, sorry, I didn't realize that was flirting, and now she's not, she wouldn't remember me. She probably flirts with so many people. I also wasn't attracted to her. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
6: Blondie. I'm Blondie. You are. Jack and Coke times two. Oh no, mine is just a Coke
1: times two. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm regarding you.
6: <laughs> I feel like I'm being analyzed.
1: Why the glasses? Uh, I like them. They totally work on you. But do you need them?
10: Yeah, the lenses don't do not do anything. Knew it. I used to wear them in school, so I guess now they're just kind of a comfort thing.
6: I figure
4: they
1: were kind of a fashion statement. <laughs> really? But then the rest of your outfit is not. But don't take that wrong. It's refreshing. Look around. People try so hard to look how they think they should look. Looks they probably saw in some movie. But I like these. They're authentically you. So one more thing this week is... One of my favorite things we've ever done, we've gotten feedback saying it's like one of the best things we've ever done, a flirting act out. Who wants to go first? I'm going to flirt with you first. Okay. So the goal, for those who don't know, is to get- Laid. Yeah. <laughs>
2: or or like to get the other person's number or like- set Or something like something, something.
1: Yeah. Okay. So what's the situation?
2: Hmm. I'm going to go really realistic, like something that will probably happen to you. Oh, I have the perfect scenario. Oh boy. Okay. You're at the movies- and you've sat down what to movie watch am I a film.
1: Seeing? Um why am I at the movies without you?
2: I know why because the movie is the 2014 remake of Annie being shown in theaters again. Okay. And so I'm not going. Okay. You go. Okay. By yourself. It's like a Wednesday matinee. It's okay. The theater is packed because people love For that
1: 2014 remake of Annie? Yep, people love it. This is it. fiction.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is there and you're waiting for the previews to start and someone Busts into the theater, this beautiful woman. <laughs> okay. And comes down and has to sit directly next to you. Oh, God. Because okay. the only other open seat in the, in the theater is next to a huge family, like oh, birthday party. Okay. Yeah. And so she comes and she sits next to you and she throws herself down. Okay. And scene. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> it's me sitting down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to someone if she just sits down next to me <laughs> uh, 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 sorry do you do you mind if I put was anybody sitting here no okay do you mind if I put my jacket on the other side of you
1: there's another MPC yeah sure oh thank you so much
2: sorry I just have so much stuff
1: no it's okay Everyone
2: can't be beat. Far- uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I sat here because there's a huge family up there. And oh, that's I just, horrible. I love this movie way too much to go sit. You,
1: you never want to see a kid's movie with kids. Right? Yeah. It's like
2: when you see a Pixar movie with kids. It, yeah, they're it's me- worse. It's not meant for them.
1: Yeah, you don't want to see Coco with like a big group of children. Yeah. have you? Do you see kids movies often? <laughs> <laughs> is, she, is she an undercover cop? Do you come to children's movies alone often, ma'am? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. This is, this is just one of my favorite
2: movies. I've never never met anybody else in the world that likes it as much as
1: me oh my god it's an amazing movie what do you like it ironically or unironically a little bit of both okay great people think i like it ironically but i don't i really genuinely enjoy it are they going to show trailers Pro- i mean probably not i don't know why they're re-releasing it.
2: it's the anniversary it's the like the, you know 100th anniversary
1: <laughs> wait it's it's 2114 no of like of i'm a, so old oh, like, okay Do <laughs> <a, laughs> me a heads up if we're in space it's the 100th anniversary of Annie, so they're showing all the Annies is what's happening. Yeah, and today happens. Thank you for play. explaining the situation to me, man. <laughs> have you seen all of them? I have. In this series or just like in general? I feel like you're gonna laugh at me when I say that I've been here every day for this that's, series. I'm not gonna laugh because that's amazing. That's very funny. I would have done the same if I if I didn't have work.
2: I just loved it. I mean, I came with people before, but not everybody likes this Yeah, one.
1: it's always a little bit embarrassing, you know, when you like go to see Annie alone in like a theater full of children. It feels a little bit like you're gonna get arrested, but. Well,
2: I guess we can just pretend that we're together
1: oh yeah that's great yeah yeah as
2: if we've known each other for a really long time
1: yeah great it's so it's so great to be here with my long-term friend oh
2: I'm um Hannah by
1: the way <laughs> I'm Jay maybe I
2: should get some popcorn
1: oh yes you should my popcorn is great if anyone comes back I'll be like oh my friend is sitting here
2: cool. yes you're your long-term my long-term personal friend. friend if if the trailers start you should text me and let me know to come. That's back. That's a
1: good idea. I was gonna say the same. Yeah.
2: yeah. So here, take my number. Okay. It's. Bing,
1: boop.
2: <laughs> and I, I, I'm. Uh, I'll be back as quick, 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 quick as I can.
1: Great. I'll text you as soon. I'll text you if the trailers start. Great. Should we jump forward to after? Oh the yeah. Movie? So the so the movie's over. Yeah.
2: We should do this again in you know another fifty years or hundred <laughs> years, <laughs> and go to the two hundredth anniversary of Annie together.
1: We should, but before that. <laughs> Are you doing anything now? I was going to see another movie. What were you going to see? <laughs> Christopher Robin. <laughs> okay, the timeline is getting confused. It's also a re-release. Christopher
2: Robin 2.
1: Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, Christopher Robin 2. Christopher
2: I was going to go see An Oceans 9 again.
1: Oh, well, I mean, if you want to go see it by yourself, please d- don't let me intrude. But I could also <laughs> see it with
2: you. Oh, yeah? You're beat right, <laughs> right now. asking a fictional person out. You're about to cry.
1: <laughs> I just feel bad. What if she wants to go by herself? Maybe she wants alone time. I don't want to intrude.
2: Here's a test. Well, I, I'm actually meeting a friend for it, but you're more than welcome to join us.
1: Well, if you're meeting a your friend, I don't want to intrude. So why don't you just text me? It's fine. He's usually late. Oh, no. A twist um sure i'll see it with you and your friend yeah he's really hot and gay okay <laughs> that's yeah let's let's go because you
2: failed the test what was the test to get me the date with the
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i was thinking we see the movie together i text you in the bathroom and i'm like i'm with this girl and her hot gay friend and then you afterwards show up and then i'm like oh my god this is my friend robert what a weird coincidence he's also gay here's let's go on a double date
2: and then we all live happily ever after
1: yeah did i win yeah, I think
2: Great. so. You basically <laughs> got a second date. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Now it's my turn. Oh gosh. Okay. <clears throat> Let me get into character as myself. Okay. Here's the situation. Okay, you're at H and M. And I'm a salesperson. Oh, this is fun. Excuse me, sir. Yeah? Do you need any help? I think I got it. Because I just, I saw you looking at these pants. Well, yeah. My biggest problem with H&M is that they don't carry (laughs) enough mediums. I I set you up for that one. (laughs) Oh yeah, well I think we have some mediums in the back. Do you want me to get you? Uh, that'd be
2: actually really great. I'm trying to hurry up. I just, I only have I only have enough time to get the things that I need, and I have to get them really quickly.
1: Oh, gotcha. Okay, so what color medium do you want?
2: You know, the maroon
1: one or the navy one, probably. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, cool. And then I walk away.
2: <laughs> oh, I I think
1: he's back. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm back. Yeah, I heard
2: the floor We're- vibrating.
1: <laughs> So we only had the navy, not the maroon in medium, but here they are. Do you want to try them on?
2: Um, You know, I don't really have enough time to. I really I have to go and catch a bus, but...
1: Oh, a bus to where? I'm going home for the
2: weekend, so I need to buy these clothes to to go home.
1: I see, but you, so you, you still need the maroon ones, though. Yeah, I mean, I would like to have them, but if I can't get them
2: soon, I'm, I'm just going to...
1: Well, when when's your bus? In three hours. Well, if you wanna just like hang out here for a while, I can contact the H&M in Union Square and see if they have any maroon pants in a medium and they could like bring them here and I could give them to you. That's a lot of service, I'd say, Well, good service. Well, if there's one thing about me, it's that I'm good at serving. Oh, (laughs) this is a porn. (laughs) I'll talk to the 14th Street H&M right now. Oh, okay. Let's walk over to the store phone. Ring ring. <laughs> ring, ring. Hello? Hi, this is Jamal at the 14th Street. Oh, shit. No, wait. This is Jamal at the 34th Street H&M. You're at the 14th Street H&M. That's right, I am. <laughs> I was wondering if you had the H2596 pants in maroon in a medium. Let me check. Let me put you on hold. Hello, I'm back. We do, we do have them. Well, I have a handsome gentleman here who would like to purchase those pants, and I was wondering if you could bring them up here. Oh, yes. We'd be happy to. What? How, how long does he have? Well, his bus leaves in three hours, and we've got to get him on that bus. Well, then we'll get them right over. Thank you, Bruce, so much for your service always. No problem at all. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Click. Well, I have good
2: news. Oh, yeah? The pants are on their way. If I have to leave before they get here though, should I like leave my contact information? Yeah,
1: that'd be great. But I think I think they're gonna be here really soon. So if you just wanna hang out.
2: I mean, yeah, can, I, I can. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But but you can also give me your number just in case you have to leave before they get here. Yeah. And you and sorry, what's your name? Robert. So I can add it to my contact Robert. Robert. While we're waiting, is there anything else you wanted to look at here? I always check out the home department. Oh, okay, the, the one on thirty
2: fourth street.
1: I can I can head up with you if that oh, sure. would be helpful. Yeah, i'm actually decorating my apartment right now too because i i just moved into a place of my own because i just uh got out of a long-term relationship oh that
2: sucks i'm I'm sorry to hear that no it's
1: it was it was really the right thing because now i'm single and i can be back on the market which i've been wanting to be for a while
2: yeah i've been on that market for a while and uh here i am buying a new shower curtain
1: well here we are on the market together the market being h&m
2: what do you uh what? What are you saying, Jamal?
1: I'm saying we're talking about how we're both on the market, and here we are at a store.
2: Oh, in so a it's, market. It's just a fun pun. Gotcha. I thought you were like asking me out.
1: I mean, I could be.
2: Right, you you could be.
1: But I can't because I'm on the clock at H&M.
2: Oh, I see. I see. Does that mean that you you would want to go out?
1: I'm I'm down for anything.
2: Well, if you're down for anything, <laughs> what are you doing in three hours?
1: I got a bus to catch. I'll be on that bus with you, Robert. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. (laughs) And now you're married. (laughs) And then, crazy twist Jamal is Hannah's hot friend. Oh
2: my gosh. But yours takes place in the future. So I meet him. And you're like, it's my ex Jamal. Oh my
1: God. Wait, Hannah's hot friend shows up and I'm like, Jamal? And he's like, Jay. And Hannah's like, you guys know each other? And I'm like, yeah, he dated my friend Robert. And Jamal's like, the one that got away. And I'm like, Jamal. He says the same about you. I'm going to call Robert right now and tell him that you're here. And then I'm like, hello? Hello? You'll never guess who I'm with right now. Jamal. Wait, like my Jamal? Yeah, like your Jamal. He just called you the one that got away. You didn't tell him that I said the same thing. Did I you? did tell him. <laughs> oh, well. Fast forward. It's the end of Ocean's 9.
2: I'm standing there in the
1: lobby. Yeah, and we're leaving. And I'm like, oh my God, Robert is here. And now I'm Jamal. Oh my God, Robert. Hi. What are you doing right now?
2: Well, I'm waiting for you
1: that actually was beautiful
2: us to the finale of the
1: season. Yeah, that brings us to the end.
2: What a great time we've had over the past couple of months. Yeah.
1: We have to, for this season, we have to thank our producer Tessa. We have to thank 440 Studios, Megan Burnett, all of our guests from this episode, Shelby, Ever, Joe, Marcus,
2: Hannah, Jamal,
1: Micah, Matt,
2: Sarah, Maddie, Chris,
1: Bree Northrup, Wazina Zundin, Jude Dry,
2: Alan Cumming.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) All of the guests from our asexuality roundtable.
2: Oh yeah, they were all really great. Chrissy,
1: Josh, and Hollis. Oh, my mom and your mom.
2: Oh yeah, both of our parents, obviously.
1: Park Cannon. Everyone we called to pronounce milk.
2: And we also need to send a special thanks to um, our editor and transcriber. Um, who shall not be named but works really
1: hard. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And doesn't get enough credit if you ask me. <laughs> and thank you to
2: you, the listener, as always, but even more so at the finale of season three for listening this whole time. Whether you've been with us since episode one or you binged us in March when everything went down. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Lee michelle
1: And thank you to our patrons who really have made this season special. If you want to continue hearing from us during the next couple months you can become a patron to hear episodes and see videos yeah we'll still
2: be working and be sure to see as many movies as you can because no matter what we're still doing a thingies this year yeah get ready because i think it's going to be the biggest thingies
1: yet out <laughs> of, of the two two <laughs> and if you want a season four let us know because we blow us up we yeah. love being blown
2: up you know if you really like us and you want to talk to us
1: Oh, yeah, DM us. Yeah, DM us. If you keep us posted.
2: Until then, then being the next time you hear from us. Signing off. Signing off is.
1: Jay.
2: And Robert. Oh. <laughs> from <laughs> One More Thing.
1: <laughs> and that's that. Bye. Bye.
5: Lori Metcalf has been the murderer in everything she plays. (laughs)
2: Desperate Housewives.
5: Jackie. I'm just (laughs) kidding.
8: Oh, I think you meant Jackie, (laughs) 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 like the Natalie (laughs) Portman. And Lori Metcalf is (laughs) Lee
11: Harvey Oswald.